everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. Uh, We are looking in the book of Habakkuk today. We're studying the very short book of three chapters. Um, And a question that's going to kind of guide us today is, what do you do when it seems like everything going on around you is wrong, unjust, wicked, and you're just kind of feeling like the Lord's just sitting on the sidelines watching? Um, So we're going to dig into this a little bit more today. A little bit of a funny haha for you all. Sorry about our episodes being a little behind for today. Uh, Ryan had a run-in with some bees. <laughs> Listen, my day yesterday was very dumb. Um, so we do like to get these like uploaded. Usually they go live at in midnight. In the morning. In the morning. We try to record early in the morning. Uh, literally nothing went according to plan yesterday. So I woke up with like kind of a head cold a little bit. Um, so I felt kind of weird about that. So I took some medication for that. And then I thought, well, I'll go out and clean up our shed. And while I was out cleaning up the shed, I got stung by a bee on my <laughs> leg. I was like, huh, that's weird. And before I knew it, there were like bees all around me trying to sting me. So I literally grabbed my son, who's like, what, he's two. Almost three, yeah. And we like ran into the house away from all these bees. <laughs> and while we were running, there were bees in my shirt stinging me. It was horrible. And so like I literally like ran in the house, threw my shirt on the floor, and there were bees like in my shirt. So it's like stomping on my shirt. And Jenny comes around the corner and is like, what is going on? Yeah, it's because the three-year-old is screaming. Well, practically, because well, he was scared because we were running his head off. Yeah, so it was crazy. We're getting so, swarmed by bees. All that to say, Ryan took some Benadryl because he is I allergic took two to bees. Benadryl because I am allergic to bees and already felt sick on top of it. So I was afraid it was going to turn into like a what's that? What's that movie? My Hitch. girl or something? Hitch. No, not Hitch. That's when he takes too much Benadryl. His face blows oh, up. Well, I was thinking the one where the kid gets stung by all the bees and dies. Oh, that's actually terrible. It was horrible. We got swarmed by bees, and now the podcast is late. So, so sincere anyway, apologies to you guys. This is like real life coming at you, because Ugh. the idea is to always get this done before our very excited about life children wake up, and it just didn't happen we were yesterday. The you ball. actually, he took our oldest son fishing, so that was kind of cool. They got to do some yeah, cool stuff in the morning when we normally podcast, but then got stung by bees, so Literally swarmed, <laughs> running across the yard, being chased by bees, like we were in a Winnie the Pooh movie or something. <laughs> Oh, man. I shouldn't laugh, but it was... All right. Let's get in. Come on. Let's get into this here. (laughs) So here we are with Habakkuk. And I don't know about you guys. It just seems like this book kind of falls heavy on my heart because the... I don't know. This week slash today especially, like just look around at all the crazy things that are going on and just feels like a lot of like sadness and injustice like it's just sad like even around our world like all the stuff that's happening in Hawaii like these crazy fires and like people are suffering and I mean I'm sure there's plenty of other things in our own personal lives where it's just like god what are you doing every individual carries their own whatever it is um and it just feels like this book really hits that because Habakkuk is having this conversation back and forth between the Lord um and himself and it, the the book starts out saying, like, God, how long are you going to do this? How long are we going to yell the word violence? And will you not save while you just, like, watch this wicked and terrible stuff happening? So Habakkuk is a really interesting book. One, it's really short. Um, it doesn't seem to address anybody specifically necessarily. However, we do know that he's a prophet around Judah's time. Um, we know that he was prophesying around the time of Jeremiah. It's possible that it was before 
the exile. It's possible that it was around the time of the exile. Um, but with us kind of reading things in context, I always think the editors could cut together these plans a little bit clearer. It feels like we're jumping around a little bit. Um, but with what we've been reading in Jeremiah, with what we've been reading in Second Kings, you can tell that the people are not living lives that honor God. And Habakkuk is looking out over the people saying, God, like, where are you? What What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Jeremiah, who is a man of God, is getting thrown into a cistern that may have been a <laughs> toilet. And like... There's just widespread punishment for people who are righteous before God and widespread prosperity for people who are not honoring God. Yeah. And so Habakkuk is looking out over this and he's saying, God, where are you? What are you, what are you doing? I kind of like the Lord's answer, though. It's again in the first chapter in verse number five. It says, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know that we've ever heard like... <laughs> prophecy conversations before, like between it the is. prophet it's and kind God. Of a, yeah, it's kind it's of a very unique, but I really appreciated that verse because I've actually heard it said before, like if you knew the scope of your life, you wouldn't be able to handle it. And like your, our pathetic little human minds could not handle God's entire plan. If not broken into like moment by moment by moment, like he knows what's going to happen. And I think he's kind of saying this too. Like I have a plan in mind and like, you wouldn't even believe it if I told you. Well, and that's not that's not a hard sell. Like Habakkuk is receiving this. I see him saying like, yeah, I don't believe it. Yeah. That, it's very hard to believe God. Yeah. And many of the people who would have been honoring of God or righteous before God in this time would have felt the same way. Like, really, God? You're really do- doing a work right now? And they do, like Habakkuk shows that he is choosing to be faithful. But the nature of what he's writing and what he's speaking to God is like, hey, what what is this? What are you doing? So I feel like for me, a practical way to think of this is like any like epic movie that I've ever watched. Like, for instance, I love the Harry Potter movies. I love the Lord of the Rings movies. They're Those excellent are for me. The devil. Just they are super knows. nerdy. But I think oftentimes cinema specifically tries to reflect like what God does. Like the thing that like makes absolutely no sense of how it's going to happen. Like if you knew all the steps that had to happen in order for Jesus. To come and to be resurrected, no one would believe that. And like this is way, this is way before this is happening. Like Jesus is coming to the scene, but like all the crazy parts of movies that if you given all the details beforehand, the characters would have been like, yeah, right, that's never ever going to happen. That's crazy. Just like in these stories, like God is allowing the Chaldeans to, like, take over everything and, like... And that's the Babylonians, in case you're right. not tracking, but, yeah. But they're specifically called out. That's why yeah. I mentioned them. But, um, like, they're coming, they're destroying, they're taking away. And, like, it makes no sense that at some point they will be delivered from this exile and that all of these people will be punished for their crimes as well. So, like, that's just... That's an interesting... Well, the, the other weird part Not of this process. whole scenario is that it's such a long game because the people of Judah, where Habakkuk is, like they're going to be judged by the Babylonians, by the Chaldeans. So it's going to appear as though the Chaldeans are being used by God. Actually, God is calling Nebuchadnezzar his servant. Um, so they yep. are being used by God, but they're not righteous people either. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of chapter two is about basically like, woe to you people that build cities based on blood and built on blood. Because you will receive violence out of your violence. Um, verse uh, Chapter 2, verse 8. Because you have plundered many nations, 
All the remnant of the peoples shall plunder you, for the blood of man and the violence to the earth, to cities and to all who dwell in them. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house to set his nest on high, to be safe from the reach of harm. So even Babylon coming in and taking over Judah, which we have we saw happen actually yesterday, um, they are still not going to be safe from what the Lord is doing. And the Lord is going to judge them as well because they're not righteous. Mm-hmm. So I guess my biggest takeaway then, I mean, did you want to add anything else from... I just this from three at all. I mean, I know that you weird. said oh, I've, before I've we some... started this. Hold on, before we even started this episode, Ryan was like, "Oh, Habakkuk, I know what yeah, this is about." <laughs> I I used to have these verses uh, on my marker board in my office because I think they're really powerful verses. And it was funny because whenever people would come in my office, they'd be like, "Oh, that's such a like a that's a good verse," but like, why do you have it there? <laughs> like it, it it almost like begs like, "Oh, which verse are you? Talking what's about? going on in your life?" So chapter three, verse seventeen. I I think it's incredibly powerful. Uh, Though the fig should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. So that's dark. Like, it, it... There's nothing. Yeah, in my mind, I just imagine, like, looking over Judah after the people have been carried off into exile. There's literally burning buildings, knocked down towers, and nothing. And so it's, you know, hey, I look out my window, and there's nothing there. Uh, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. Um, so I, I, I just like, he paints a very dark picture and he says, even when I'm surrounded by dark things, I will rejoice in the Lord because my strength is not in those things. Yeah. My strength is in the Lord. So I think it's really powerful. It always makes people look at me and say, what's going on in your life, Ryan? <laughs> Um, I, I just really like those verses, but I think that actually like that helps us also, because I find myself thinking that often when I'm thinking about these current events of like really crazy things they are just like, Oh my gosh, like this is happening to people. Like the beginning of the book really, I think hones in on that. Like, God, how is this still happening on your watch? But then towards the end of the book, Habakkuk kind of like he he pivots and he changes his perspective in that like, okay, like I get it. There's going to be bad stuff here, but I trust you. I know that like everything is for your glory and that you will always come out on top because you are God and you are sovereign and you're in charge. So I think it changes our perspective from God. Why do you do all this to a perspective of I trust that what you're doing is right and what you're doing is is sovereign and I trust you. Even when the details of my life seem messed up, even when the details of my community, my nation, my world feels off, God is still in control. So we opened up uh, the top of the episode before we got into my shenanigans with bees um, (laughs) about like, what do you do when you look around and you see evil people prospering and you, you wonder, God, why do you let this happen? Well, to some degree, like God doesn't exist to make your life perfect and wonderful. And so what we do is we serve the Lord. We trust that the Lord is sovereign. We trust that we can find security and hope in him. And even when we look around and things are not right, we can have faith that God is in control. And that's mm-hmm. that's what I think is that that powerful piece in chapter 3 verse 17 and 18. Go read it for yourself. You got to you got to look at those words in a Bible uh, and see what it says for yourself. And basically <laughs> sort of unapologetically what the Bible seems to say is like yeah, you you trust in the Lord even when mm-hmm. terrible things happen. And we we still still with care and compassion and mercy and grace. Like we 
we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We care for the people around us. We're not um, irreverent towards people. We don't just shut ourselves off. We need to reach out. We need to care for people. But God is sovereign. He's in control. And we can trust him because he is a good God who loves us. We'll be back again tomorrow, hopefully, if I don't take some Benadryl tonight. Uh, We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word. And your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Habakkuk chapter 1, the oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and will you not hear? Or cry to you, violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me, strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. Look among the nations and see, wonder, and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days, for what you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress, for they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose own might is their God. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up, the man more righteous than he? You make mankind like the fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler. He brings all of them up with a hook and drags them out with his net. He gathers them in his dragnet, and he rejoices and is glad. Therefore he sacrifices to his net and makes offerings to his dragnet, for by them he lives in luxury, and his food is rich. Is he then to keep on emptying his net and mercilessly killing nations forever? Chapter 2 I will take my sand and my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. Moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man who is never at rest. His greed is as wide as Sheol. Like death, he has never had enough. 
He gathers for himself all nations and collects as his own all peoples. Shall not these take up their taunt against him with scoffing and riddles for him and say, Woe to him who heaps up what is not his own, for how long, and loads himself with pledges? Will not debtors suddenly arise, and those awake who will make you tremble? Then you will be spoil for them, because you have plundered many nations. All the remnant of the people shall plunder you, for the blood of man and violence to the earth, to the cities and all who dwell in them. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house, to set his nest on high, to be safe from the reach of harm. You have devised shame for your house by cutting off many peoples. You have forfeited your life, for the stone will cry out from the wall, and the beam from the woodwork respond. Woe to him who builds a town with blood and founds a city on iniquity. Behold, is it not from the Lord of hosts that people labor merely for fire and nations weary themselves for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Woe to him who makes his neighbors drink. You pour out your wrath and make them drunk in order to gaze at their nakedness. You will have your fill of shame instead of glory. Drink yourself and show your uncircumcision. The cup in the Lord's right hand will come around you, and utter shame will come upon your glory. The violence done to Lebanon will overwhelm you, as will the destruction of the beasts that terrified them. For the blood of man and violence to the earth, to the cities and all who dwell in them. What prophet is an idol when its maker has shaped it, a metal image, a teacher of lies? For its maker trusts in his own creation when he makes speechless idols. Woe to him who says a wooden thing, awake, to a silent stone, arise. Can this teach? Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in it. But the Lord in his holy temple, let all the earth keep silence before him. Chapter 3 A Prayer of Habakkuk the Prophet According to Shagoinoth O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Taman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from his hand, and there he veiled his power. Before him went pestilence and plague followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. I saw the tents of Kushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers, or your indignation against the sea, when you rode on your horses and your chariots of salvation? You stripped the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their place at the light of your arrows as they sped, at the flash of your glittering spear. You marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. You pierced his own arrows 
the heads of his warriors, who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. I hear and my body trembles, my lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones, my legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places to the choir master with stringed instruments. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow. Thank you.